listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. All right, here we are for another episode of the Great Groups Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in. We're with Alan Chapel tonight. Hey, Alan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good to see you. Glad you're here with us. Good to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, we'll uh, ask Alan a few interview questions in a minute and get to know him a little bit better. But first of all, Chris was mentioning a celebration last week, and so we forgot to include in the last episode. What was that, Chris? Well, it was only our one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary. Yeah, it's been been amazing. And um, out of that, we've actually surpassed 2,000 downloads. Wow. Yeah. Which I, I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. we we fully expected to have a hundred by now. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, we thought that was a stretch, but you know, yes, <laughs> it was a decent number. But two thousand is is pretty incredible. Yeah, so um, we want to thank you guys for downloading the Great Groups podcast. Absolutely, cool. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about ten ways to be a great group member. And I actually saw uh, a blog this this week that a small groups pastor in California had written, and um, I thought, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to do that, do something similar, but put my own spin on it because as I read it, there were a lot of things, you know, some I would leave out, some I definitely wanted to add. But I was thinking, if you're a small group leader sitting out there, you're going, great, you're going to tell me what my members need to hear. So what's the deal with that? You know. So anyway, I'm going to write a blog with this. And also, um, if you want to pass on the podcast, hey, Send them a link and, and have them listen. But um, we'll put this in the form of a blog and encourage you, hey, just share that with your group. So anyway, so we invited Alan to do some color commentary for us tonight because he's been a group leader for a while. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take long being a group leader until you have some stories to tell. Right, Alan? No, that is very true. All right. That well, cool. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, all of that. Yeah, my wife, Melissa, and I have been married for uh, coming on 17 years now. Uh, we have three children, 13-year-old Noah, um, 12-year-old Caroline, and 9-year-old Savannah. And uh, we lead a group for young married couples. We've got about uh, five couples or so in our group, and all of them have been married under two years. Wow. So we really cool. enjoy investing in them. You guys are off campus? We are off campus. We yeah. meet at our home on Sunday evenings. Sunday evenings. What time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. How does that work with around the dinner schedule? Yeah, we make it happen. Okay. You, know, you, either, you make it happen at group or either, away from group? Uh, sometimes. Once okay. a month, we do. Uh, most of the time, we're eating afterward. Uh, we'll be getting our meals together and feeding the kids while the other couples are still kind of hanging out and chatting it up. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. My group uh, meets Sunday nights, uh, usually at 6, sometimes at 5.30. We took a break for COVID, but a lot of times we'll just call out a meal like, uh, hey, we're doing Mexican or we're doing Chinese or breakfast and everybody brings something, you know, and so it always works out. That's a, it's a really neat, a neat thing to break bread together. So um, another thing I wanted to mention is that um, when I go to a conference and I'm listening about small groups or discipleship, I just love to to take what I'm hearing and try to put it in in my own context. And so because of that, I, I don't want you to necessarily think that everything you hear here on the Great Groups podcast, you have to take it and exactly plug that in. 
But we just want to spur some thinking and some, um, you know, maybe some conversation among um, among leaders about, hey, how can we do this better? And so um, we don't have all the answers. I've been doing groups a long time, and these two gentlemen have as well. And man, we are still learning. So anyway, every day, I hope that uh, <laughs> yeah. that something that's said here tonight would be an encouragement to you guys and just get you thinking, um, you know, how to do group better or how to encourage your your people a little bit better. And so um, let's jump in. Our real number one is this, and uh, and again, these are are ways to be a great group member. And it's interesting that we do the Great Groups podcast and only focus at leaders. But uh, here's something to pass on. But number one, and this is actually not for people who are already in a group, but I thought, hey, if anybody happens to stumble across this blog, I want them to see this. Uh, Because here at Brook Hills, we have a number of people who just come to worship and haven't made the decision to jump in a group yet. Mm. But my number one is this, find a group and jump in. And some things I want to say is just like, there is not a perfect group. And so you could look uh, you know, until the cows come home, my dad used to say. And, uh, you know, you would not find a, a perfect group. If there were a perfect group, uh, it would be ruined when you went there <laughs> because, you know, groups are filled with um, imperfect people. But, um, you know, if somebody not in a group happens to listen to this, I mean, why would we tell people that they should get in a group? What do you guys think are the major benefits of being in a group life? I think, number one, if if you attend a large church, um, even if it's a medium-sized church, when you do join a group, the church becomes so small. There are so many yeah. deeply connected, hey, oh, I know that person very well. Oh, I know that. Your six degrees of separation becomes like two. Mm-hmm. And that's so beneficial because you immediately feel connected to more and more people all throughout, even if your group just has eight people in it or mm. four people in it. So true. What would you add to that, Alan? Well, I think a lot of times when people are trying to get into a group, they're trying to find that group that is the perfect fit for them um, age-wise, family-wise, uh, interests or hobby-wise, so that they can immediately feel connected. But I think if you if that's what you're trying to find, you're going to end up selling yourself short because a lot mm-hmm. of times you get into a group with people who are very different from you, but that's where you find commonality in Christ and where they can get – it's an opportunity to really go deep with people that – you might not ever come across, you know, and interact with. Absolutely. Uh, so that, that that's what I would say would be important, and just jumping in one, like what you were saying, Jay, jumping yeah. in one. Yeah, cool. You know, the the Bible talks a lot about the the one another's. Um, you know, love one another, pray for one another, serve one another. And I, I was very interested the very first time I read the the Church Covenant for Brook Hills. I w- I just read that document and I went half of the statements in there. Over half, like 60, 65%. I'm thinking you can't do this mm-hmm. unless you're in a small group because mm-hmm. it talked about our relationships to one another. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the one another's, uh, which is a phrase we use a good bit, was, was just all over that document. And so we want to encourage you, um, get in a small group if you're not already. So, all right, number two is this. Make attendance a priority. And this is something that... Um, Often when I when I speak with discouraged small group leaders, this is one thing that has uh, really been discouraging to them because they put time and energy into preparing to lead the group and uh, preparing the lesson or discussion questions. And, um, you know, people just don't make it a priority sometimes. And so that can be something that's uh, discouraging to a group leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. When uh, 
when as a leader you put a lot of time and effort into preparing but not only that your your goal is to get the members of your group to become that family Mm -hmm. and and when you have someone who is is missing out on that consistently then they're left out they're never going to feel a part of the group and and uh yeah it ultimately it hurts them Hmm. yeah i was thinking it you know I encourage people to treat group like a family reunion rather than a movie theater. You know, if it's a movie, you decide whether you want to go or not, you know, and you see it, you don't get involved with, with anybody else. But with a family reunion, I, like you're expected to, to be, they expect family to show up, you know, and if you're not there, you miss and you miss out on um, getting to know people. And so that's something that can be, you know, just really, really important. Tell me another thing, guys. Um, I don't know if I uh, – well, I know I didn't give you a chance to prepare this, but often in group life, if a husband misses or if a wife misses, the spouse doesn't come. That's one thing I, I don't know that I've figured out. And um, you got any answers to that one? Have you seen that, first of all? Well, I have. Um, I've seen both sides. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with family life. If there's kids that have different places they have to go, uh, it may be difficult. Or it may have just been a, a difficult day at home. Um, but at the same time, I also see, um, one of the, one of the spouses, um, the husband or the wife has to, uh, has an obligation they have to be a part of, um, the wife or the husband is like, I'll be there, you know, I'm, I'm bringing mm-hmm. the kids. Um, and it may just be my group in the, in the stage of life we're in, but, um, you know, just, they, they see attending, they see being there as this is my safe place. This is my home mm-hmm. where I can come and and be nurtured, um, in our case on Wednesday nights. And so, um, but I I have also seen, you know, where something has happened. And so, because one is not going, the other wants to stay home as well. Um, so it's, I, I personally try to discourage it. Um, but it is a natural thing. Yeah. What do you say in your group, Alan? Uh, I can't say I've seen a lot of that in my current group where, one spouse has something going on, so the other one just doesn't show up. Uh, I, I've seen the opposite where a spouse might have something going on and uh, the other one does come, mm-hmm. um, even though they're coming by themselves. I think a lot of times when one spouse does not come, the other does not come, it's because maybe they're a little uncomfortable being there by themselves. Sometimes mm-hmm. your spouse is your safety net. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you feel comfortable when they're next to you and that comfort's gone. Yeah. Um, or, Perhaps the spouse is the one who's kind of dragging them along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, week after week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is it when somebody's going to miss? Do you guys appreciate getting an email or text saying, hey, here's what's going on? Oh, absolutely. Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we care about the people, right? And yeah. our, uh, in our minds, they're showing up. And we're preparing our home for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, I'm I'm mad. I set two extra chairs out and no one filled them. (laughs) But, you know, we want to know if they're not coming and if they don't show up, why aren't they there? Are they okay? Um, So, yeah, we we love knowing when they're Mm going to come and not come. Yeah, I would second that. You know, is something going on? Is there a reason why you're not here? Is there something we could pray for? Um, Is -hmm. there any kind of a dilemma? You know, do we need to go in crisis mode? Um, so yeah, it's, it's very beneficial, uh, purely just for, from a caring perspective, not like you said, because there's two empty chairs. It's just, we want to know where our people are. Mm. We want to care for them. Mm. Um, let's, uh, go to number three and that is go to grow spiritually. And that means go to group, attend group 
in order to grow spiritually. And, um, you know, that's, that's an encouragement. Hey, don't, don't just go there to be there in body only, but engage in group with an intent to grow spiritually. Alan, what would you have to say about that? Yeah, that's why you're going. Uh, in fact, you know, we, Melissa and I on, on, uh, several Wednesday nights ago, we visited Chris's group Mm because we were thinking, man, every other Wednesday night we're available to be in a small group. Um, I've got commitments on Wednesday nights that hold me back from that every week. And we went and we realized, you know what, if, if we're only hitting this every other week, we're not going to be a good group member. (laughs) You know, we're going to be like chopping some of these top 10 right out from underneath (laughs) us. And, and, because you're you're there to grow spiritually and be mm-hmm. engaged, and so I think that you're not there to um, just hang out with people. It's not a social scene, you know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, that that's part of it, and, and that's a good part of it, and an enjoyable part of it. But you're there to become disciples of Christ, and you're there to be vulnerable with one another and share your weaknesses and your struggles and, and your, uh, victories in Christ. And, mm-hmm. um, that, that's the point, right? Right. Like, we lead these groups not to just entertain people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would second that by saying, uh, you know, when we start our group, it, whenever this, this semester begins, I always uh, come out and say, you know, guys, this is first and foremost, this is not going to be a social club. This is going to feel like a social club. It's going to have all the things of this being like, you know, we're a part of a family. We're, we're there to grow and to love Jesus. And, uh, and that's, that's just it. But you're going to have that, that social aspect. We're all going to become close friends. We're going to love everybody's children. We're going to care for one another. And we're going to hurt when each other hurt. But we're here primarily to grow spiritually. One of the things I've realized in in group is that there are people who may be there for different motives, especially, you know, we mentioned earlier, one spouse may be dragging another, you know. um, And that's one reason I think doing the challenge and accountability is really important. And and those that have have heard me teach know that we're talking soft accountability. We're not talking (laughs) hard accountability in groups. But for instance, if if that spouse or maybe even a couple's there and they're – their intent is not spiritual growth, but if they see others in the group mm-hmm. talk about, hey, you know, this was last week's challenge, and two or three people in the group share, hey, here's what we did with it this past week and how God grew us and and what happened with that, then I think it's a real motivation for some of those people who are there who may not have an intent to grow spiritually but go, hey, this stuff is real. You know, they take the Bible seriously, and it's changing their life for the better. I think that's a, that's a place that we can encourage people to grow spiritually who may not be at that point already. Yeah. One of my thoughts is, um, you know, not many of our groups do homework, I don't think, so to speak. But um, if you're in a group where you're reading a book or if you know what chapter of the Bible is going to be taught on, if you guys can... Um, you know the people in your group. If they'll prepare, that'll that'll give them some investment and make it so much better. A lot of our groups do sermon based lessons. Um, hey, if you were out Sunday, you know, go online and listen to the sermon so you'll be prepared to to know what what they're talking about. And um, 
you know, maybe you're doing a book on parenting or marriage or whatever. Hey, read the chapter. You know, be be ready. And uh, some groups actually do a Bible plan where they're reading in the Bible together and they discuss that. So um, certainly that's something that's really important for the group leaders to do. Anything else before I move on to four? I would, good. Just, oh. I, I would add one thing on, okay. the, on the homework thing because you just uh, sparked a, okay. a fire in my Go heart. <laughs> um, don't do what I've done recently where uh, as my group has studied Isaiah – and I've tried to pack this into like 12 or 14 weeks. Don't give your group homework of reading like eight chapters between Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, my group is fighting through it and it's been a, it's been a very fulfilling and wonderful study, but it's been heavy, mm. you know? And so it's, uh, you can overwhelm your group. Yeah. I yeah. listened to um, a podcast a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about the amount of homework, you know, that was good to give small group leaders. And um, as part of that, they mentioned, the percentage of men versus women who had actually read a book in the last year. And um, so it was, you know, men had read less than women, so just know that. But also, there, when you give homework, you just have to know there's a lot of people that aren't going to do that, and so they're going to come in unprepared. But we want to encourage our group leaders to do that. So, all right, number four is big for me, and that's bring a friend or neighbor. And I, I just, John 13, 34, and 35 jumps out at me when I'm thinking about this. And it's just talking about our love for one another being a testimony that we're followers of Christ. And so based on that, I think that a lost person being in a small group or an unchurched person being in a small group, it can be such a positive witness to them. And so I love for our groups to be open unless there's some kind of extenuating circumstance that a group... Um, you know, and here we talk about listed and unlisted groups. Even if a group is unlisted, we still want to encourage people within the group to invite friends and neighbors because we we teach by by showing people what we do in group, not just by what we say. And so I love for our groups to always be open to friends and neighbors. You guys uh, got any experience of you want to share people visiting your group or encouraging people to invite or uh, don't get discouraged. Okay. Um, and, and what I mean by that is continue to invite, especially if there's someone that's on your heart that, that you want to see. Um, your Chances are they're going to give you a lot of excuses. Um, and primarily it's, I think, something we talked about earlier. It's just a, a, a discomfort of being around people that they don't know. Um, and even for some, if they do go that one time and then they hear an overwhelming amount of prayer requests or things that are uh, sort of vulnerable or mm-hmm. intimate in nature, yeah. um, that may make them feel a little awkward because when it comes time for their requests, they may not have something prepared to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but just keep encouraging them uh, and make them feel welcomed. Yeah. yeah there's, I, go ahead, Alan. I would just say if they, if you do have a guest come, um, if you're the other group members that didn't bring the guest, engage that guest. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You yes. Know, like get to know them because that, that, the more they can get comfortable with mm-hmm. everyone in the group, the more they'll feel at home and not be not feel it so odd when vulnerability is shown, prayer requests are, are shared, things like mm. that. Yeah, and believe it or not, your group will know how to naturally ratchet things back a little bit. Um, I've seen it happen. I've been really impressed. Ratchet back, maybe. Uh, well, if you have someone that is going to go deep on okay. sharing something that's really, you know, if, if they're dealing with some brokenness, um, whether it's whatever. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how naturally they just they pull back on how much they're going to share so that it doesn't get too I don't want to say awkward but mm-hmm. um, it's just wonderful to see that naturally play out. 
sure. in a loving way towards the guest. Right. Yeah. To the group leader, I would want to say, be aware, try to listen to the prayer quest and even your teaching through the eyes of somebody who hasn't been there. If mm-hmm. you're referring back to last week, um, and there might be a group in, group member who just says, um, hey, I want you to keep my husband in your prayers. And then everybody that's been there knows maybe he has cancer and he's going through treatments, but the new person doesn't. And so if you'll just turn to the new person and say, uh, her husband has cancer, he's been in the hospital recently released, yeah. that, that just goes really far as far as helping those people feel like they can go and group is not going to be a mystery to them. Mm-hmm. Um, what What are some ways we as group leaders can encourage our people to to invite people? Have you thought about that much or uh, do we do we do that? Hmm. I think it's um it's it's something that I can improve on. <laughs> I, I don't do it enough, but um, especially with with our group because we're naturally going to be in a situation where it's okay for you to bring your kids. Um, because we're in, we're here on campus with kids ministry and with uh, preschool, um, but just encouraging our um, our members to look for those relationships. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think is primarily um, don't just assume that everybody around you is either they're in another church or they're in a healthy church relationship somewhere. Um, explore with them and find out if they have a home, and if they don't, invite them. Mm-hmm. And keep inviting them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would agree with Chris. I don't. I don't do as good of a job encouraging uh, my group to invite um, other couples that they may know into mm-hmm. it. And that's, it's a good reminder. It's a good yeah. reminder for us all. Cool. All right. Number five is serve your group. Um, there are a lot of ways that, that people can uh, serve in the leadership of the group and that, that can speak about investment. Do you guys have any roles that you give away in your group? <laughs> Delegate, delegate, delegate. It's <laughs> wonderful advice. Chris does. I've seen it. I've seen it. You've got uh, uh, what's the role that um, uh, Brad's wife plays? Uh, the the prayer request. Yeah, you, 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 you can say it. A, there's a ministry y'all are connected to, and and she kind of heads up. Oh, that's right. Your group to that ministry. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we do have a um, we have a, a lady in our group, Kristen. It does a phenomenal job stewarding uh, a relationship that we have with a nonprofit, uh, with a, a charity. Um, and then we have someone who takes prayer requests uh, and does those notes because my wife used to do them. And unfortunately for her, her thumbs were breaking off. She was <laughs> typing them into her phone, into our, our app um, as they're being given out. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the first things I always try to give away in group is uh, taking down the prayer request, you know, mm-hmm. and um, having somebody send those out via email and that way people that had to miss you know they can stay connected with the group in some way and know what's going on yeah what prayer request one, people have had in that one important role that i would uh make sure that somebody else is doing besides you because if, if you the small group leader are doing this you're you're just going to be overwhelmed um let somebody else be your, like your social chair for for anything that's going to take place outside of the group um whether it's just a like a guy's night or a ladies night or getting kids together whatever let somebody else manage that or, or multiple people. Let, let a, a lady, if you have a co-ed group or a couples group, let a lady run the lady side and let a guy run the guy side. Um, and just let, let it go. Let them do it. Yeah. I have experienced small group leaders who stepped down because they were just burned out. Mm-hmm. And when I talked with them, I'm going, gee, I wish you had given some of that stuff right. away, you know? And so 
let me tell you this. It's good, small group leader, to give it away, even if you can do it, because we're helping other people have investment in group. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. I think you underestimate how many, how much your group members want to do some of that stuff and how how there's several of them that'll step up and take it and love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you said, Jay, we're kind of robbing them of that opportunity to, to play a part in the group when we do that. And, and don't forget where you came from as a small group leader. You were in a small group beforehand and you wanted to serve in that group. And so if you're not giving yeah. that opportunity to that person, you're possibly, maybe not initially, but you're, you're removing an opportunity for them to feel like they are um, committed to actually leading one day. So, All right. We want to thank you guys for listening and tune in next week when you'll hear ways six through 10 about how you can be a great group member. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of Great Groups. Make Disciples.